BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, Freckle Foodie fam. I'm super, super pumped about today's episode because I have wanted to have this guest on for a very long time. And let me tell you, every time I ask the community, who do you want on the show? Who do you want to have? Like, who do you want to listen to? Everyone always submits her. So you guys, we finally have her. Katie Storino is on the podcast. She is, you probably know her from an array of things. She is the founder of Mega Babe. You guys know I talk about their thigh rescue stick all the time. It is the best thing ever for chafing on your inner thighs or the boob sweat product she has. She also is the host of the Boob Sweat Podcast. She is a body acceptance advocate. She's passionate about raising awareness for size inclusivity and empowering women. She has two very very popular series on Instagram, Supersize the Look and Make My Size, where she in Supersize My Look contrasts photos of celebrities who are usually in a smaller size and then her wearing a similar outfit. And then in Make My Size, it's more bringing awareness to brands of like, hey, excuse me, um, why don't you have products that are in my size? So we talk about both of those things pretty in depth. She also released a new book called Body Talk. I am about to listen to the audio version, so I'm very excited. And of course, she runs the 12-ish style, which is dedicated to plus size fashion and is kind of how she got into all of this originally. We talk about a lot of things on this episode. We talk about body positivity movement, but really like body neutrality and body acceptance. Um, We talk about brands and their sometimes inability to be size inclusive and much, much more. Um, I just had so much fun. She's awesome. She's the shit. I'm pretty sure I made a new friend. So go me, go us. Very happy about that. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Come on in, take a seat. Katie, thank you so much for joining us. I'm very, very excited to have you. And I want to do a quick shout out. Thank you, Megan Roop, for connecting us. She came over and I was like, I saw your friends with Katie and I really want to have her on my podcast. Can you please connect us? I love and Megan she did. Roop. Yeah. Shit. Your, your like guest list is all people that are like in my life. Like I like looked at your guest list. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. This is basically my entire circle of people I Good. love. Yeah. Well, welcome then to the Freckle Foodie and Friends <laughs> community. We are very happy yes. to have you. Yes. And my old assistant, Kate Boyle, she also, she sent me your, she sent me your podcast a long time ago. Like, because well, like, someone reached out. 
thank girl. you. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Someone from Mega Bay reached out a while, like I want to say a year plus ago, being like, hey, we'd love to send you product because someone sent them a video or maybe she followed me and I was talking about how my thighs were chafing so badly. And ah. I was like, guys, I can't play tennis because I'm just chafe city. Like what is up? This chub rub is an issue. And she messaged me and was like, wait, can we please send you mega babe? And I was like, I don't know what that is, but send it my way. And now I swear by it. So it was over. Yes. It was like very early on in mega babe days, but yes. the thigh rescue is the best thing ever. And now Joe has the men's version because he was stealing mine for his golfing. So we're big fans. It's great. That's why we made friction fighter. Cause we just, we knew dudes were taking it. And I love that. I love a chafe opportunity. And I love that we found you. That's great. I love that you found me too. So I want to start off from like the very beginning, because I think especially when we're talking about body image and our relationship with our body, I do think it starts like in our childhood, honestly. And I would love to hear like, what was, we're just going to dive right in. Um, What was What's the history of your relationship with your body like? I think, and so I I wrote a book that came out in May of this past year. Mm-hmm. And um it was it's it's essentially it's called Body Talk, and it's all about it's not my story, but it's about the fact that most of these things start when you are so small and that we we lose our innocence in our body and just like our acceptance of our body, we lose that really early on, especially as women. Um, and personally for me, I remember being like bigger than every taller than everyone else in kindergarten and just being aware that I was taller than everyone else. But the, but the, but but that wasn't bad. What really started to feel bad was around first grade when I was like, being treated differently than the little, little kids around me, because I, I looked older. I was like, I just, I looked like I was in like fourth grade, but I was in, I was in first grade and, um, the way that parents talked to me, um, and I, I started to realize that like, I somehow was doing something wrong. Like my body was bigger than it should have been. Um, and so it started there and then it just escalated until I was about 30. So, uh, that, yeah, that, that is where, that's where my body journey started early on. So I will say, I wanted to preface this and I should have said this beforehand as a very bad interviewer. I have not read body talk yet. I'm a big fan of yours. I follow all your content, but I will say I downloaded the audible version this morning. So you are next. No, No, but I want to listen to it on audible. I love listening to books read by the author. I would never, I would never read a single book if it weren't for Audible. I love Audible. I hope this episode is sponsored by Audible because I, <laughs> I wish I, yeah, same. I love, I love Audible so much. And I, I had a really hard time recording the audio book. I was, I, Emotional. because I'm such, such an Audible fan, I was like, this is gonna be awesome. And I, uh, I've never been able to go back and listen to it. Because you think it'll bring up a lot of emotions for you or why? Oh, I think so. I think it, I, it did recording the book brought up a lot of emotions and I actually had to like pause. It took me a lot longer than I thought it was going to the audio books like two hours long. It's like nothing. Um, but it, 
because really it's about, it's a physical workbook. And so like the pages and stuff like that in the physical book are, are really like the magic of the, the book. Um, although it is interesting to listen to, um, I don't know. Yeah. It really, it really brought up a lot of emotion that I thought I had dealt with through writing the book, through doing my channel and, and just therapy and everything. And then just right there, I think it's cause I had, I admitted some of the most embarrassing physical moments I've had in my life. Can you give us an example of one? Oh yeah, sure. I, <laughs> I feel like, well, I talk about, you know, I talk about men um, telling me that I should get gastric bypass when I was you know, oh. 22 years old or just that, that's a, that's, that was a pretty consistent theme for me with dating is men being like, you're so pretty, but like you need to X, Y, Z. Like, have you ever tried this type of workout? That kind of thing. What's so funny is that I was so much smaller than I am right now, weight wise. And I really felt that they were doing me a favor by giving me that type of advice. Like I was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's really wild what society can like twist our minds into believing. And I ask for the example, because for me, I feel sometimes I get very emotional podcasting sometimes if I'm doing solo episodes. And I think it's very cathartic and therapeutic. And also you find yourself potentially admitting things that like you typically just keep to yourself and maybe you ruminate over them in your mind, but you're not saying them out loud. And, you know, I remember specifically, I recorded an episode on like my relationship with my body and I've never struggled with an eating disorder, but I definitely had an orthorexic stage of my life. And I grew up in a household with a mother who had a pretty a bad eating disorder growing up. And now she's in a much better place, but it obviously impacted my childhood and everything I heard her say and everything I heard my grandma say, very critical, judgmental body image first household. And yes. it's never that my mom critiqued me. I just heard her critiquing herself, but yes. I remember admitting that I used, and I still like, it gives me this icky feeling when I think about it, you know, and I just, I'm like, Bleh talking about it. But I remember like body checking so much that I would lift up my shirt. My cousin was over and she was like, Oh, do you want an Oreo? Like she brought over a pack of Oreos. And I was like, "Mm." and I lifted up my fucking shirt and looked in the mirror. And then I was like, yeah, I'll take one. And like, that to me is so disgusting that that was my behavior, but it was. And like, those types of things, when I admit them and talk about them, I just, I want to like throw up. And that is like what leads me to cry in solo episodes talking about things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because past- that that's when you think about how young you were and how messed up that kind of stuff is like, it's, it's really sad. It's so sad. It's, there's it's- funny things. There's funny things. I think there's, there's, you can always find humor in the situations well, right. or being in a sorority, like living in a sorority house and like the insanity that goes on with, with eating disorders and sororities and just groups of women together. Um, the toxic shit that can happen there, but it's, you look back and you're like, Oh shit, that was like really fucked up. Well, that's, I think the thing is that like, when I think back to certain things that I've done to my body or thought about my body, only now do I realize that they're so fucked up. Like in the moment I was like, well, this is normal. Like what? Yeah. This is what everyone does, yeah. huh? But I also does. think yeah. 
we grew, I mean, I, are you technically a millennial? Yes. Yeah. So we're the same generation. Like, yeah, I would love your thoughts on this. Like what did media, what role did media play in your upbringing? Because I was the person that was obsessed with the magazines. Like I could not get enough. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Well, I, I would say that media was toxic as hell. I think we grew up in the era of like, I'm an elder millennial, but like who wore it better and just like, like, be, I mean, beach bod stuff still gets coverage, but it, it was just what happened. It was just, it was everywhere. You, it was everywhere. It just was what it was. It was like whole episodes of like entertainment tonight, like that kind of thing or E. Um, and, and the fact that there's, if you watch sh- movies from the nineties or even shows from the nineties, the fat phobic, even the early 2000s, probably even now, but I'm just saying the amount of like fat phobic conversations or comments is so nuts um, that I, that I'm like, well, no wonder you're, no wonder you grew up feeling like this. Like this is exactly, I mean, it was Callista Flockhart and uh, Heather Locklear. And like, these are like things I was watching in like first or like second grade, you know what I mean? Like looking at these bodies, um, which I often think this isn't a shaming thing. I think it's just interesting. It's the same way I feel about Emily in Paris. I love that show. I think um, Lily Collins is, is great and funny. And but like this is a person with a with with f- severe disordered eating, like on the screen. I mean, so many people in Hollywood have eating disorders, but like you can see her bones, and you can see like it's such a it's such an um, it's a hard image, I think, to look at. And I'm like, but this is what we put up as like, we're still putting this on TV. Like it's okay. And I think also, so I actually could not watch Emily in Paris. I watched the first 15 minutes oh. and I had to turn it off. Okay. okay. Um, season but- one, John, <laughs> John couldn't do it. Couldn't wow. do it. Okay. Okay. Respect. Do it. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and I watch a lot of TV, so I'm not like, Oh, TV. I watched a fuckload of TV. It's just, I couldn't do it, but I totally agree with what you're saying. And I think about for me growing up, it was like, I was the child that, I mean, Britney Spears, Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, Mary Kay Nashley were the fucking like, and all Nicole Richie and all be all, they were all that mattered. And I remember going to like the CVS or the kiosk in our town every week to get the like us weekly in touch J 14, like all of those magazines. Cause I wanted to know yes. everything, which is so comical. Cause now I actually know nothing about celebrities, but back then I like needed it all. <laughs> and not only was it like the body stuff, but also the constant, like what Jennifer Aniston eats in a week as if she's even the one yeah. submitting this information. No. Like, yeah, but yeah, you talk about the movies and it's not only the representation and, but also like the fact that we were sold like Bridget Jones diary was supposedly overweight. Like that whole thing is crazy to me. 130 pounds. Like what the fuck was wrong with yes. everything? Like, I, I uh, don't know. It's because we had men running <laughs> Hollywood, just like pushing this shit down our throats and we didn't, and we didn't know. And I, I find that so interesting that we, that I, I say this a lot with um, my supersize the looks where I take a celebrity look and recreate it. Um, yeah. I want to talk about that. Yes. I, I say it a lot because I think I'm like, 
remember it's never about who wore it better because I think growing up in that mindset and in that place, we're just trained to of course criticize. We're just, we're just trained to criticize a woman's body. So unlearning that is like a big thing for me and like helping people just not react when you see someone. I'm honestly really trying to unlearn my naturally critical and judgmental mindset Mm -hmm. because I just am like, I hate to say that, but it's true, whether it's to myself or others and I'm really working on it, Yeah, but it's, it's hard to unlearn when that's when your mind naturally goes somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's yes. I know that. Um, I'm curious, you mentioned supersize my look and I absolutely love the movement and I think it's incredible and I want to dive into it a bit. First question. And I guess for anyone who doesn't know what that is, can you give a little explanation, but then also like, how did this come about? How did you start doing this series? So I started my, I started my Instagram account in 2015 um, at a time when this was pre Ashley Graham on Sports Illustrated, it was just, I was a size 12 and I called it the 12 ish style. Cause I was talking to women who were like a size 12, size 10, size 14. Um, and I wanted to just help them find clothes, get dressed, like literally just like want I, I, not about body image. This was like, not about body image. It was just about like, okay, you can dress cute and be a size 12 and I'm going to show you how. Um, but it really developed into so much more, uh, than just finding like blazers that fit. It really developed into like body acceptance and, and beyond body positivity, because I also walked into a space that I really didn't know anything about. And body positivity was on the internet before I was there, but I, didn't really identify with a lot of the things that were going on. So I was like, you know what? I think I just, it's so nuanced, but I think I was like, I, I want to get more into body acceptance. Let's just like Mm -hmm. body, body neutrality. Like let's move on from this conversation and like get into more important things. But in order to move on, you got to kind of change your beliefs. So I guess that's where I come in. And I hope that I, I help women of all sizes, rethink the way that they look at their bodies and other people's bodies. Did I answer your question? I don't know. (laughs) But you gave us good information. So it doesn't matter. You are doing that. I want you to know that how you said you hope you're providing this for women. I believe you are regarding supersize my look. Someone actually did ask, and usually I do listener cues at the end, but because we're on this topic, have any celebrities ever reached out afterwards? Like, has this sparked conversation with some of the celebrities you've done supersize my look for or with, and what has their reaction been? It's actually there. Anyone who's ever responded has had a very positive reaction. Otherwise, sometimes they just don't risk. Most of the time they don't respond. Um, the, what the foster sisters are very supportive. I love so them. funny. I love them too. They kind of own the fact that they're like, yeah, I want all this shit and I want to look yeah. like this. We're like, yes, that almost makes it more, I don't know if acceptable is the word, but tolerable and like comical than yeah. someone acting like they, I, I, kind of I don't know. With you. No, I, cause I think that, I think what we're also, what also happens with women is that we're just sold this idea that no one had Botox, no one had surgery. These are your teeth. What I do is give women the freedom to do whatever the F they want with their bodies. I 
find that there's a lot of people on the internet that listen with malice. They, they want to give you the obvious advice, the negative assumption. I hope you're not going to leave your dog like stuffed in your suitcase. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they, they gotta say these things. And you're like, I don't know. I'm like, do you follow me? Like, I'm, do you see what I'm doing out here? I get really fired up and I, I don't fight with people because I don't do that. So you get fiery, which I do too. I mean, when I get mean DMs, I like, it takes every bone in my body to not like go after this person. Yeah. Like I've, yeah. I've looked at their profile. I've looked at, I, sure. I know details. I'm like, Oh, you want to yeah. go? Let's go. Yeah. It's not healthy, but no. what about when, what about people who might critique your body? Like, how do you handle that? Because I, that as we're, re- okay. Go ahead. But go like, ahead. Say what does, well, cause as we're recording this, um, I have had these men, somehow one of my TikToks got on the wrong side of TikTok. And so all these angry oh, sure. men and sure. they're just like, you know, it was a joke video about my husband. It, it literally had nothing to do with like the patriarchal system, but they basically yeah. all came after me saying, I'm going to get divorced. I, my husband's unhappy because he's married to me. I'm awful. And then they were attacking my boobs. Um, which quite literally were my favorite body characteristic until I had a child and breastfed. And I'm already a little like, what has happened to these things? And they're yeah, calling them change. floppies. Mm-hmm. I've ev- evidently this is a term. And mm-hmm. I hate that. Like these men, random people on the internet, whether they're men or not, like I would never turn for to them for their advice. So why am I listening to their opinion? And inherently I can be like, this is so dumb. These people are the scum of the earth. They're sitting in their like mom's basement, trolling people on TikTok. And my breasts fed our child for five fucking months, like insane. Yet still, when I have gotten naked over the past three days, it is the first thing that pops into my head. And I hate that. And I'm wondering like, what has your relationship been like over time with Mm -hmm trolls on the internet coming after your body. So it's so interesting. That's so, first of all, I think that's so human. Yeah. And I just like, what are you going to do? Like they've found, they found a spot. They weren't, I'm just saying like, if they were coming for your arms or something that you were they, they come they for my freckles something. all the time and I don't care. Cause I'm like, Fuck you you, don't I care. that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like it's something that somewhere in your and you're like, you're insecure about somewhere deep in there because something has changed. Um, and I guess I am, I'm ready for it. Like I've heard it all. Like, but does I that hear, make it any easier? That's not yes, like that. Yeah. Yes. Because I, I'm, I'm, that is that I've like accepted my body in a way that, um, like where, where if someone's like you big fat whale, like that kind of stuff, I don't hear them in the mirror. Now, if someone picked something like, uh, if someone was like, your business is not successful, like there's something like, <laughs> of it, course, like I, get are, you. I certainly have things that like people could say that I, that I'd be like, oh, 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 but my body isn't one of them because that's just like, that's my superpower. I love that. And that's, yeah. And that's, and that's like what I'm trying to give to other people by 
like doing a, and you'll, you'll, if you listen to the audiobook, you'll see there's a series of suggestions I have um, about how you listen to the way you talk to yourself and the way you talk and, and then talking to yourself in the mirror. And, but do you ever have bad body image days? And if you do, how do you handle those? I have bad body image moments. Okay. And I think that that's the difference that yeah. I may have a passing thought about, oh, this would look better if X, Y, or Z, or like, ooh, like I should, like, I shouldn't eat this because I'm going to go here and I'm going to, and I should like, I should be thin for this. Like I, I'll have that. It's hard to kick that. It's hard to kick 30 it's years. really hard. You know? Yeah. So um, when I have those thoughts, I just, I recover from them uh, like very quickly. Is and there a just, process a, you do yes. to recover? I just, I, I have a nope system. So I, I just like, I recognize that the thought is happening and I'm like, Oh, nope. And I just kind of shut it down and move on. And so that's, that's the thing. Like I no longer have those moments where not moments, like I no longer have meltdowns about nothing to wear. Cause I don't like the way I look in any of my clothes. I, I don't have the meltdowns like where I'm like out I don't go out anymore, but like, um, <laughs> what is going like, out? Yeah. What is going out with like being in a group setting and being like, Oh my God, like everyone's so much thinner than me or like, she looks so good. Why can't I look like that? I don't have that anymore. And that is freedom for me. Fucking freedom. Yeah, I agree. I think for me, what helped the most, because you mentioned talking to yourself in the mirror for me, it's like, I almost envision I'm a visual person. I hear this bitch voice in my head that's been there my entire life. And I think of her as like the devil on my shoulder. And then I think of the angel on my other shoulder. And whenever I hear that voice, I will, if I'm alone or if I'm with like my close friends or family or my husband, I don't care, but I'll stand in front of a mirror and I will say like, whatever body part I'm critiquing, thank you. Like my belly is for instance, an example. And I always was like, I mean, I haven't had to do this in, almost a year, which is incredible other than my boobs, but you know, it's like, thank you belly for allowing me to eat all of the food and turn it into poop. Like how fucking cool is that? You hold all my organs. Like one day you're going to hold my child, which it did. Like it's crazy to me that we critique rather than affirm and thank because we're alive. Like, I think we take this for granted so much. And my community knows this. I had a pretty bad accident almost four years ago now. And I was on short-term disability for two months and I couldn't do anything. And it was at that moment that I was like, whenever we're sick, we think falling asleep, God, like I I can't breathe through my nose. What is it like to breathe through my nose? Like, you know, that feeling, I miss the feeling of just being able to breathe. And then you recover from your cold and you never think about it again. And I feel like if instead of constantly being like, oh, my thighs are too big or, oh God, my arms don't look good. If we got out of bed, what if we actually were like, wow, how wonderful is it that my body works and I woke up this morning and yeah, wow, yes. my legs are allowing yes. me to walk from my yes. bed to the bathroom yes. and I'm taking my morning poop. My organs are working like that's insane. And yes. we just take it all for granted. So yes, I, I'm big on positive like actual affirmations of a specific part that. of your body, thanking it for actually functioning and working. Um, I love that. Thank you. I'm also really, I love your other 
trending movement of make my size because mm. a I hold thin privilege where I've never actually thought of that. And I think it's important to recognize, but B and honestly, you were one of the few people, like you were one of the first people that made me aware of that. But B, I also think like some of the photos you post are just fucking hilarious. Like in the dressing rooms with the products, like what are you like to the brands? What are you doing? Like, what do you think is happening? I personally really love that you are demanding a change from the brands rather than demanding a change of yourself or encouraging others to change themselves because you're right. It should be like clothes are meant to fit us. We are not meant to fit the clothes. Mm-hmm. How has that been for you? So publicly calling out brands. Cause I'm here for it. Well, I was so scared in the beginning. I was so scared because I thought these are the people who like, this is my new career. Like brands are who pay my rent. Right. Like what I can't, I like, I can't talk about them like this and people are going to get scared. They're thinking to think she's negative and weird. And, um, but their reaction was the, such the opposite. And I think part of it is maybe the way that I talk to brands in a call them in type of communication mm-hmm. where I'm never like boycott this brand, this brand sucks. Like, even though there are some brands that probably we should boycott. Um, yes. I, I, I feel like um, I want to give people a chance to have that conversation. Um, and I, and I, I think it's also taking a moment that could be completely leveling to your self-esteem when you're in a fitting room and nothing is fitting. And like the jeans that are your size are only going up to your knee. These are, these are moments when like, this is when you do the extreme thinking and you're like, you know what, I'm going to like, that's it. I'm going to join this gym. I'm going to do two a days. Like this is when this unhealthy, these are when Mm -hmm. these like thoughts happen at these low points. And I think it's taking that moment and switching it so that you're empowering yourself. And you're saying, you know what, my body's, my body's good. I'm fine. Like, are you going to make some clothes that fit me? And that's, that's not, um, that's not just a plus size thing. That's, I mean, it is a plus size thing in that, you know, obviously you've, I'm sure you've heard this, the stat before about how the average size, uh, woman in America is a size 16. And, um, we, and like, even, I mean, you're talking even chains, like the gap, like it's right. hard to find sizing in store. So it's not like, it's not necessarily that it's high fashion. It's just that the fashion industry has just been designing clothes for a, for a size that, um, is not necessarily reflective of who lives in America. Yeah. And I do think, I mean, I have no experience to speak on when it comes to this. And I think it's important to recognize that. And I actually had someone come into my DMS on this when I was talking about body image. And I was like, you know what guys, like your jean size is the least interesting thing about you. Like, mm-hmm. do not kill yourself to get in the pair mm-hmm. of jeans that have been sitting in your closet, buy a new fucking pair of jeans, mm-hmm. size up. Mm-hmm. And someone DM'd me and was like, I love you. I love this message. But I also think you need to realize that like you do hold a privilege that you can size up. And that's also true. Like, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's not an us issue. That's way more of a fashion issue. But yes. I think that the way you've approached it is perfect because again, like you're not trying to cancel all these brands. You want clothes. So it's yeah. like brands make my fucking size. Like I'm yeah. not saying I'm like, I, I love what you. you're doing. I love I want you. <laughs> I want to, I want to spend my money with you. Yeah. So I know I, 
like my friend Remy, who I know you posted about this yes. week, which I love. Yes. And I will say, like you said, that she's the potent, like the imaginary child that you and Heather McMahon had. Heather McMahon is my favorite person in this planet. Let me just tell you. No, she's like right here on my vision board. You see her? No. She's my queen. I went to her live show. She's my favorite person. One day she will be on the show. But Remy, for example, like Remy and I talked about this when she was on the show of Revolve. She was like, Revolve, what is up? Like calling them in, if you want to put it in that context. And now she's like a fucking Revolve girl on all these trips, like doing her damn thing. So brands are able to respond in a positive way. It's just a matter of whether they do. So which brands have you found actually have a positive response to your content and like have potentially made a change or gone in the right direction? I think, well, I think so. Revolve is interesting. They need to do um, way more, but they've they need to do more. They I'm do. Not and I them love that. I, I do. I love that they have Remy as an ambassador. I do. And they, they work that, but that, but they, um, yeah, I got a lot to say about that. Um, I, I think when I started, when I started this, like I, I posted a DVF skirt and actually DVF launched an extended size capsule collection two years after that. So that was the, that was a big deal. Veronica Beard, when I approached them, I had lunch with the Veronica's and they were like, this is actually something we've been working on for a really long time. And we like, we are so happy that we're talking about it. Like they, they launched plus, which I love their stuff. And I know that they had, um, I know that they had whatever I've, I love their stuff. Um, Madewell has done such a good job of like making their sizes, consistent, more available. J crew actually is doing a really good job. That's good to hear. Yeah. Yes. And, but these brands have not gotten it right, right off the bat. Like this is, it takes a while and it takes some patience and you need to figure it out. You need to show people that you're, um, that you're actually making different sizes and you need to do that in your marketing plan. I think Amazon actually, I mean, you can, you know, Amazon is a divisive brand, but they are, they're very committed to plus. I did not in a know way, that. Yes. In a way that like, I was very surprised at. That so, actually does surprise me as yes, well. It does. And then I could list, I could list, you know, five brands who didn't commit to plus or tried it for a season or, um, you know, launched a two XL and we're like, well, we did it. <laughs> right. I think, I mean, I like, for instance, me, I did like one merch drop and yeah, I mean, even that it's hard when it's not, I'm not giving any of these brands an excuse because they're more than one person. And simultaneously, I should have had more people bouncing this off of, but it wasn't my initial first thought because I was thinking like, what I am used to a small, medium, large, like, uh, yes, we did offer up to a three XL for the merch. And I was happy about that, but I think there needs to, yeah. I I mean, yes, I was very happy that we were able to do that, but I think that there needs to be, again, it's almost kind of, it's really like so many other things, but there needs to be more people at a table than just a lot of thin women who fit the American beauty standard, because then it just Mm -hmm. continues. Speaking of this, 
are there specific brands that you're like, fuck, I really wish you were more inclusive because I want to wear you and you just aren't? Well, I think I've given up on Love Shack Fancy. Yeah. I mean, I give up on that brand for other reasons, yeah. but yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> that. I agree. Uh, I think I've given up on them. I, I, uh, I, Stoud was making, did like two seasons of plus, and now I can't find it anymore. Um, I, Jenny Kane has got gotten into plus. Interesting. Yes. So they're um, ALC did plus and then dropped their plus. There, Have you tried the Abercrombie and Fitch curve love jeans? No, no. Just I, I, I've become the biggest Abercrombie and Fitch addict. It's actually embarrassing. No. Like, no, really? my entire wardrobe. No. Oh, yes. I need they to have. You have to look and I don't again, I don't know about their extended sizing, but I know that they make these like a specific line of their jeans called Curve Love that I've heard good things okay. about. Um, Remy's done a few hauls of theirs, but I've seen. Yeah, I've seen her stuff. I am addicted to Abercrombie Fitch. It's fucking okay, embarrassing. Again, they're on my vision board trying to manifest a partnership with them. But oh, I agree. It's, yeah, they're great. Um, OK, on brands. I want to spend just a bit of time and I know we're running out of time, but on the brand that you've created because I freaking love it. So mega babe, how did you come about founding mega babe? And like, what was your initial thought process? Because I cannot fathom creating products being an easy feat. It's not easy at all. And I, it just, it started with the chafe stick because I, I have thighs that chafe. I was talking to my community at, like every spring about what we were going to use for chafe. And, um, after a few years of promoting really heinous products, like products that weren't clean products that were embarrassing products that were ugly. I was like, what if I just did my own? Um, and then I was like, well, how do you do that? And so I, I joined forces with my sister and my best friend from growing up and, um, neither of them have chafe. Neither of them really know, like knew what it really was. My, I had friends and family tell me that this like was a company that didn't really make sense that I wasn't going to like sell a lot of product. They hadn't really Jokes on this them. problem. <laughs> Jokes on that. And, um, and I, and my sister and, and Kate were like, okay, we're in, we'll do this with you. Um, and that first summer we shipped, we shipped all our product out of my parents' garage. They packed every single order and we sold out of our 10,000 units in the first month that we, wow. that we made it. And that was huge. We were out of stock for the rest of the summer and that was really hard, but it was so affirming to me that I had that I wasn't alone, that like, I wasn't the only person whose thighs rubbed and irritated them. And that I was actually helping women live their lives more comfortably. And that was, um, really life-changing for me. I am so happy that that happened for you because I am sure that felt amazing. And I'm so happy just because I love the products, but I also think at the core, exactly what you did with the thigh rescue, like you then also brought into like 
you know, the under boob, I can't remember the specific yes. name of the product, but boob like sweat. I get yeah, boob the sweat. Yeah. I get boob yes. sweat right away. And the bum products, like my butt looks like a pepperoni pizza during the summer. I have so many pimples on my ass. Like, I don't know if it's the sweat or the bathing suits. I don't know, but I see yeah. these girls in thong bikinis. Yeah. Yeah. It's everything. So I love that the products are focused on these things that it kind of honestly circles back to how we started this conversation. It's just what we've been told is like, yes, not supposed to be there, but then there's no solution. So it's like, yes. well, you're not supposed to chafe. You're not supposed yes. to have sweat marks under your tits or pimples on yes. your ass, but like figure it out on your own. Cause we're not going to help you. Yes. Yes. And, and so you thank must you. be alone with that. <laughs> thank you. And, and that's the thing, the beauty industry they make products for everything, but they don't make products for that, which means must not be a big enough problem to address. So right, and then you're you? like, I'm the only one. Yes, I know. That's, that <sighs> is exactly, that is exactly it. That is exactly why uh, I did it. Where do you see the future of Mega Babe going? I want to get even deeper into issues that we don't talk about. Um, and I can give you a few. What? Well, nipple hair. I feel like people don't talk about that, but that's very they real. They don't talk about that, but that's a very real thing. Um, yeah. hey, like same with like hair on your toes. Like that's another thing. Yeah, like Whoa, we won't talk about yes. that. Yes, yes. Ingrown hairs. Let me tell you, I used Ingrown to hair is big. Oh, mine were so bad. I got laser because it was so so detrimental to me. Um, yes. I'll keep thinking. Oh, you know what keep else? Thinking. Sm- what? the smell of your vagina when you're pregnant. <laughs> I okay. I don't know. <laughs> that don't is know a real one. one. That okay. is a real one. I don't one. know how to do that one, but I like it a lot. I don't I'm know just how to do it. Throwing it out there. Anyone who's yeah. pregnant or has been pregnant listening to this, like you understand what I'm saying. Everyone else is you're, like, Cameron, you've officially lost your fucking marbles. No, no, no um, I'm into it. No, but that's another one. I'm telling okay. you, that product would sell. Noted. Noted. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on here. I'm so happy that we finally got to connect. Thank you. Thank you for wanting me on the pod. Of course. I love your vision board, by the way. Oh, thank you. I can, you know, my community knows I dove into it all, but there's like some personal stuff. There's podcasts, there's like metrics, some brands. It's so great. Thanks. I'm actually bringing it to Framebridge tomorrow to get framed. Oh, I love Framebridge. Same. Me too. Yes. Yeah, Love I hope this episode them. is sponsored by Framebridge. It, it potentially could be. We're in the talks yeah. on that, so we'll see. Okay, good. Um, but for anyone listening who wants more of you, where can they follow you? You can follow me at Katie Storino, and you can pick up Mega Babe at Target or Ulta. Amazing! Thank you so much for being on here. I loved connecting, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I love doing this more than anything in the world. If you could be so kind as to rate and or review the show, share a screenshot on your Instagram story, whatever you feel like doing to show some love, I would really appreciate it. Obviously follow at Pod on Instagram and me at Foodie for more content. Thank you for being a part of the FF fam and I hope you have a wonderful day.